Thanks for tuning in to the A.R. Bernard podcast. I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure, subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you and God bless. Welcome back. Oh, it's good to be back. Good to be back. So uh, <laughs> last week and welcome uh, to our Sunday morning service or gathering Really, it's becoming more and more of a gathering to learn, to grow, to worship, to experience God. Uh, so, you, last week, you were out? Yes, I was out ministering. <laughs> what church? At uh, Barack Baptist Church over in Brooklyn on uh, Flatlands Avenue. You went Baptist last week. Yeah, okay. I went Baptist last week. It was... <laughs> Come back to Pentecostal Sunday. Okay. Yes, I know, right? It was, <laughs> it, was, it was a nice experience. Enjoyed it. You know, really encouraged them to, to set their expectations correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, by knowing the nature of God, who God is. Uh, and it was very, very good time, exciting time, you know, so really enjoyed it. So I, I'm thinking about the fact, because it was, um, you had to work with a translator. Yes, yes, it was a Haitian church. Okay. Yes, so that was, right. that was, <laughs> that was difficult. All you Haitians out there. <laughs> yes, you all, all the Haitians out there, I want to give a shout out. Yeah. I was hanging out with your people on Sunday. It was, it was <laughs> I, I love to enter in different cultures, it's amazing just to see uh, their expression. Uh, and that's the uniqueness about Christianity. Yeah. Some people say, you know, Christianity is supposed to be a state religion. No, if Christianity was a state religion, it would have hindered itself in order to penetrate certain cultures. That's right. Right? That's There's good. certain freedoms within the culture of the, uh, that, that Christianity is entering into an expression of God based on a theological, biblical, foundational um, lens has led them to be able to express God within their Within their culture. Asian culture identity. And, and not lose that identity. Yes. Uh, just make adjustments mm-hmm. to some of the maybe cultural practices yep. and traditions that were inconsistent yep. with Yahweh and, mm-hmm. and, and scripture. Yes. And, and what I got out of that is how significant identity is mm. to man, that God would design a system that still allows for the person to thrive within their identity. That's good. And it's brilliant because... Uh, when you think about, and I'm just looking for the text, when you think about him sending the disciples, mm-hmm. sending us into all the world, into all nations, mm-hmm. he understood that they would encounter yes. different traditions, different national structures, different cultures, uh, different belief systems. So obviously the gospel was able to penetrate yes. that. Wow, that's good stuff. Thank you. I, yeah. like so, I, I was ministered to... Uh, myself as I was ministering. So it was, uh, and that's where you see it's a good relationship. All right. All right. Well, any uh, housekeeping, I, you know, before we get into the word? Yes. Yes. We have, uh, well, we, we've been looking at how things are going with opening up mm-hmm. and there's a survey that's going to be sent out. So please look out for the survey uh, from our member right. relations right. Uh, community. And the question is, how does it look for Sunday school? Right? Not everybody's going to come out, and we want to start being able to open Sunday school. So now this is going to cause our teachers to uh, have to be creative. And a part of that is we need some more teachers to help us out because we want to stay, you know, be able to respond to the online community, mm-hmm. right? And then or, as well as the in-person community. Right. And what does that look like? So we're, we're looking for uh, teachers, Sunday school teachers. You don't have to have a background in teacher, but you do have to have a, a good background 
<laughs> so we yeah, will be doing it. a background check. Working with our kids, you yes. got to have your, yes. uh, your act together there. Yeah, yeah right, so right. We, we, got, it, uh, we need to check ID, background check, and everything like that to make sure uh, they're above board. But if you have a heart for kids and you have a heart to learn how to train kids up, and um, I asked one individual, I said, what's the criteria? And he, he started singing a song, I, I am a C-H. I am a C-H-R-I-S-C. You know, so look at the base, you know, fundamental. We need you to have a love for Christ and a love for the individuals because this is an impressionable age. And for a lot of us, especially the older generation, the Sunday school has created such a strong foundation mm -hmm. in our, our, our biblical worldview. Yeah. So we take it serious, but we need help. And it's just that Sunday school. Yes. It's, it's an environment to have fun. Mm -hmm but it's also to educate, to yes. disciple, essentially yep. to disciple, yes. to make them followers mm -hmm. of Christ, to help yes. them understand at their level mm -hmm. the life, the death, the resurrection of Christ, and what it means, what yes. the implications are. And it also teaches them how to be disciples. Ah. You because know, if you look at kids that were in Sunday school, you see the discipleship pattern for them differently than kids who entered Christianity. That's true. After Sunday school age. That's true. And last week, I was sharing some uh, information that some of it went back to 2005 in mm -hmm. terms of biblical illiteracy yes. amongst our youth at the time. And figure in 2005, they were the youth. Yes. So this is now, what, 16 years later? And they're no longer the youth. No. They are the adults yes. who are in the social institution, in places of leadership, in the marketplace. Uh, and, and the question is, wow, how did that, those stats change or influence them, and how does it influence what they do? Oh, you today? can, you, but you can see it as you look at. Okay, we, we got to be. Go ahead. No, no. You can no, see it, no. you know, because look, look at this. There was a, 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 a statement that came out, you know, Pentecost Sunday, right? Talking about you know, the power of God flow, uh, falling upon individuals, speaking in tongues, and one of the questions that came up, and somebody asked me to ask you, say, Pastor, can Pastor address this real quick? There was a a, a post that went out and. Um, and basically, it talked about being a Christian and speaking in tongues. And do you have to be a do you have to speak in tongues in order to be a Christian? Because when I read John three sixteen, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, <laughs> you know that creates the premise and, and the, the the foundation of my lens on what it means to be a Christian, right? The introductory of the Christian walk. Yeah, yeah. We we add a lot of stuff. Um, to identify with specific doctrines or experiences. And then all of a sudden we build a denomination or a movement around it. And we say, well, this is how it has to happen uh, in order for you to be legitimately Christian. Yes. Uh, but we have to go back to the scripture. Mm -hmm. And the scripture does not say, he that believeth is baptized and speaks in tongues <laughs> will be saved. No, it is, it is your faith. And, and even when we talk about uh, believing, mm -hmm. all right? What do we mean to have faith in Christ? It means to believe that his, his, his life, yes. his death, mm -hmm. and his resurrection are true. Yes. And based upon it being true, I now respond to that knowledge, to that revelation, and I surrender my life to him. That's essentially what it's saying. Okay, we got, you have to repeat that because you just helped so many Christians watching this. You really freed a lot of Christians. You freed a lot of Christians to be able to evangelize because that statement right there has really struck a chord.
and so many individuals just now. Wow. Okay. So it's because it's so simple but profound. Yeah, it's because faith. Is, we'll talk a little bit about that today, but but faith is essentially uh, believing in the validity of something, mm-hmm. saying that that's true. So when I say that I believe in Jesus Christ, all right, as a Christian, right, what I'm saying is that I hold the life, the death, and the resurrection and its implications of Jesus, mm-hmm. all right, as true. Yep. So once I believe it's true, I now have to respond to that mm-hmm. truth. I either accept it yep. or I reject it. Mm-hmm. And if I embrace it, then now I have to live out. I have to live according to that truth. Yeah, your lifestyle has to resemble your belief system. Exactly, exactly. Right? So if somebody says, I say, if you want to see what smart beliefs, watch well, your lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. <laughs> so people who are still wrestling whether, whether there was a resurrection, whether there was, you know, not, you may have questions about the resurrection. How can that happen? All right? You may have questions about the, the virgin birth. How could that happen? All right? But that doesn't stop you from believing in it. Yep. All right? So I believe it. I believe that that's true. Mm-hmm. I'm wrestling through the, the, the mystery yep. of it, and we do wrestle through the mysteries of our faith. But I have to accept it as true. Mm-hmm. And once I accept it as true, all right, that's it. Yep. That's why I tell people, I say, you believe your car is going to work, right? <laughs> you do you understand it? how it works? Do you understand the right? You know, do you understand the fuel injection system and the pistons moving and, and you know the mixture of a little bit of gas, a little bit of oil in order to well, have it function? No, you don't understand all of that, but yet you believe it's gonna work. That's it. And you you <laughs> either remotely or push the button or stick the key and now everything will change. You get in there not even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same thing with your faith in Jesus Christ. You you once you make that decision to accept that as true, now you begin to live that out. And I think that's important because I'm going to touch on some things. We're bringing, our objective is to bring clarity, to bring understanding. I think that's what's lacking in a world where we have so much information, so many voices mm-hmm. uh, that, that we, 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 we are wisdom poor. I've said this again and again. We are information rich, but wisdom poor. And we have so many angles of approach, even within Christianity, so many voices <laughs> You know, spinning so many different things. You 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 say, well, what do I believe? Which yep. one is true? So we want to bring clarity. We want to bring understanding. We don't want to hype you. All right. We may get excited about it because this is a great message. This is a great life. All right. We're excited. We want you to be excited about it. But we're not going to hype you into this. We want you to understand. And and remember, if I may, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go over this. This is important. And as you saying that, I, what came to my mind is that. At one point, we felt a lot of people were arguing against social media, you know, being on social media and stuff like that. But I believe that social media, uh, this is amazing how God works. He, it has become a, 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 a vehicle that has caused people to need church even more now. Mm. Right? Why? Why? Because there's so Don't many. play your role. Right? Why? Why? <laughs> we, I, I was on TikTok the other day, right? And I'm looking, scrolling through, and I'm listening to these different individuals with their theological view. And how it has some truth in it, but the overall archer statement was not true. Mm-hmm. Just because it has some truth in it doesn't mean it's overall true. And what has happened is the local church needs to be uh, biblically sound so they can respond to a lot of these questions that are going to be out there. So they're going to look for somewhere to have answer those questions. And that's what's been happening. People ask some questions. For example, you said, you know, you had the air quotes about uh, uh, America being a Christian nation. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And the air quotes, I know you were being a little facetious or sarcastic. <laughs> uh, America is not a Christian nation, 
right? It is a nation that was built on Christian <laughs> principles, Christian, you know, biblical foundation, stuff like that. But it says uh, religious uh, freedom for religion. It didn't say it didn't mean freedom to practice Christianity. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So the pluralistic yes. society. We are a Christian nation in that Christianity has had the greatest influence mm-hmm. on American culture. It still in does. that way, we are a Christian mm-hmm. nation. But we're not the kingdom of God. No. And that's another conversation. Okay. But let me, let me touch on this, and I'm going to come right back. Mm-hmm. Because I, I just want to go over this yeah. to, for people to think, all right? And thinking, how you think is critical, right? Romans 12, what does it say? You'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes. So evidently, that's foundationally important. Mm-hmm. To the Christian life, how you think. Remember, the quality of your thinking mm-hmm. determines the quality of your life. That's not just secularly, but spiritually. Yep. The quality of your thinking spiritually will determine the quality of your spiritual life. And if you're struggling in your spiritual life, it's because your thinking needs to be straightened out. Your thinking needs to grow and develop. So in our world, and we've got all of the all the information, right? So it, it begins with, with, oops, let me see what this is here. Aha. Well, while Denmark. you get that, we want to give a shout out to June Frazier from Trinidad, Tobago. Well, gosh. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. First time visitor. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. So we begin with data. What is data? Data is information. And there's a whole lot of data out there. We begin with data. We collect data. We do surveys. We we do investigations, all of that. All right? So we collect data. Data is tons of information. Tons of data is out there we have access to. Mm -hmm. But then the question is, how do we interpret that Mm -hmm. data? The interpretation of data leads to knowledge. So just having data doesn't mean you have knowledge. Just having information doesn't mean you have knowledge. How you interpret that information, how you understand that information, that's what translates into knowledge. Got it? And then knowledge, the next step, how you apply that data, that knowledge rather, leads to wisdom. So you're saying that the Bible for some can be just data. For some people, it's just data. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why you can have people think that the Bible is the greatest piece of literature in the world. Mm-hmm. It is still the number one selling book on the planet. People read it, all right? But as it is, it's information. Mm-hmm. Remember Jesus said, except you're born again, you can't see the kingdom. Yes. Not alone enter the kingdom, but you can't see it. You don't have the eyes. You have eyes to see, but you can't see. You have ears mm-hmm. to hear, but you can't hear. You have a heart to understand, but you can't understand. So there's something that has to happen. I read the Bible before I got saved. <laughs> and, but it was not through the lens of life in the Holy Spirit, in a relationship with God. I, I still had a, a secular lens to it. So there are, there are people who study the Bible. They think it's a great piece of literature. Mm-hmm. It's a great book. They read it to gain inspiration from it. They, they read it to, to, uh, to ascertain a set of moral values that, you know, they may want to 
uh, submit to. Or they read it uh, because they want to uh, refute Christians. Uh, yeah, they that's another thing, right. Christians. Atheists read yep. the Bible just to refute Atheist, Christians. Muslims, you know, the nation yeah. of Islam, Hebrew, yeah. you know, I Israelites. Mean, I, look, I'm, I'm guilty of that. I, I, <laughs> yep. I, I read the Quran. Mm-hmm. I want to understand. I read other, yeah, other religious writings. Yep. I want to understand. But so we start with data, we, information. That's, that's all it is, folks. Just because you got a bunch of information doesn't mean you have understanding. Doesn't mean that you have knowledge. It's how you interpret that data that leads to knowledge. And then how you apply that knowledge is what leads to wisdom. Mm. So those things work together. So just because you have access to data doesn't mean you've got wisdom. Doesn't mean you have knowledge. How are you interpreting that data? How are you understanding it? When, when the man came to Jesus, I, I know you're getting fired up here, right? So when the man comes to Jesus, right, and he says, uh, uh, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus knew that the man mm-hmm. had, he was an expert in the law. So he had the data, but how was he interpreting it? So Jesus asked him, he said, well, you know the law. But then he asked how do you read it? Yes. And how Jesus was asking, all right, you've got the data, you, you know the, 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 the scripture, but how are you interpreting that? Because that determines the knowledge you have, and that determines how you apply it. Because that man is who is what led who and what led to the story of the Good Samaritan, mm-hmm. where Jesus showed him that he had the data, but his interpretation was wrong because he was alienated people that he didn't like. Yes. <laughs> and we do that today. Yep. We have denominations and groups of people who identify themselves as Christians. They got the data, mm-hmm. but how they interpret it, they they apply it. Uh, uh, with superiority complex, with with racism Mm -hmm. in their mind to marginalize, thinking that they're better than someone. I mean, look, that's the thing. People say, well, how can you believe the Bible, right, and and be racist? How can you believe the Bible and be classist? How Mm -hmm. can you believe the Bible and do this and do that? It all goes back to we we, we got the data, Mm -hmm. all right, we got the book, but how we're interpreting. That is what gives us knowledge and then how we apply it determines wisdom yes and 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 if i may add to it based on how you interpret just because you have uh, some form of knowledge if you can't apply it you you have to go back to your interpretation so the process is data interpretation knowledge application and if if there's a problem with your application you have to go back to your interpretation what you interpreted about the data let me put that down here that's what you just said is so important application that's where wisdom is demonstrated. Yep. It's in the application. All right? So, information, interpretation, application. Yep. Data, knowledge, wisdom. Mm-hmm. And this is understanding. Mm-hmm. The knowledge is, the interpretation is, how do you understand that mm-hmm. data? You know? And even when they do surveys and polls, you know, they're those who get another poll to refute the poll, yep. the other poll. <laughs> they go back and forth because how are you interpreting that information mm-hmm. will determine how you apply it. Yep, and right. I, I think the, the part of interpretation has been our, been our biggest struggle as humans and in and, and life as long as we've been living, yeah. Yeah. right? Because yeah. Yeah. all information is based on the person's interpretation. Uh, and, and it's a... a inception of context, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you go through the process with theory, you know, proofing and things like that. But 
interpretation tends to be a place where we always have a struggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even, even in conversations, we don't always hear what you're saying. We're interpreting uh, what you're saying in conversations sometimes. You know, I, they say men and women oh, I'm not going speak there. the same language, but <laughs> interpret things differently. Mm -hmm. You hear that? Men and women speak the same language, but they interpret things differently. Mm -hmm. So you may communicate using the same language, but the way you're interpreting determines how you understand it yep. and how you apply it. Mm -hmm. And that's where the conflict. So in communication, part of the art of communication is not only listening, that is foundational to it, but it's also making sure that you're on the same page in definitions of mm -hmm. terms, et cetera. So I, I, I will say, so what you're saying is, and then I'll repeat it, just to make sure that that's what they're saying. That's what they want to communicate to me. And sometimes it's not. It's different. <laughs> you know, it, it, that's the way it is. I hope you're helping. We're helping you with your communication skills. So last week. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wait. Is there anything else? No. It, this is. We just jump right into it. Yes. I know. This is good. Yes. This is good because we we need to know how to think. You know, we all think, but doesn't mean we think nope. correctly. Yep. That's so we have to be taught. Norman Geisler said that. He said, everyone thinks, but not everyone thinks correctly. Yeah, yeah. That's very, very, very important. So last week, I talked about um, wars on two fronts. Mm -hmm. Yes. There is the visible war, mm -hmm. which is amongst the kingdoms of men. There the, is the invisible war between Yahweh, mostly Christ, all right, and the collective kingdoms of men under the influence of dark forces or the forces of darkness yes. led by Satan, all right? Because Jesus identifies him as the prince of this world. So you have war going on physically. In Matthew 24, 7, Jesus says, for kingdom will rise against kingdom and nation against kingdom. There'll be wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes and all that other stuff. But essentially... All right, we will, we will see in the earth realm until the consummation of this age of human history, the return of Jesus, we will see war. We will see, we will hear rumors of war. Mm -hmm. And why rumors of war? Because that creates anxiety and, and, and fear and can actually lead to war. You know how many wars happen because of a rumor? Yep. And, 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 and individuals or nations engage out of a rumor. There really wasn't conflict. But conflict came or was feared or suspected out of rumors that were spreading around. That's so powerful. You look at how many, how many rumors, even just in Corona, has really stirred the masses, right? Between nations as well. You know, America blaming China yes. and, you know, China blaming America. Mm -hmm. You know, we, 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 we see all that. But this is all the result of the fallen human condition. And it has to do with power. Yeah. That's what it's about. We're, and, and two things, uh, political power and economic power. And someone said, well, what about religious power? Well, I will tell you, um, historically, when it comes to wars and conflicts, religious power or the desire for religious power was really a, a cloak for the underlying desire for political power, which is territorial, mm -hmm. all right, or economic power. Yep. So when you say religion is bad because so many wars have been fought over religion, that's not true. It really wasn't fought over religion. It was fought over political power, territory, dominion, all right, and economic power. 
Those are the two powers. And, and I, well, let's see if we get to it, but in <laughs> Revelation, with the, the mark of the beast, you know, some have tr- misunderstood that and inserted. There you see political power and economic power, but they've inserted religious power as though there's going to be this global one world religion that's going to be the result of the beast. But that's not true. The scriptures speak of the world regionally, even during and leading up to the time of this final conflict, east, west, north, south. Regionally, we are too diverse religiously, all right? So the whole idea of a one-world religion, no, that's not what it was saying. It was saying something else. We'll get to it. And, but your statement goes back to that data interpretation knowledge because they were used in the name of God, you know, as, as reasons to start war. But they were using some data from the Bible, and they interpreted it to help justify that means the crusades, yeah. the crusades, mm-hmm. the Christians, you know, I mean, slaughtering of yes. thousands and thousands of people, you know, in the name of God, uh, the Muslims, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, look, yeah, but it's political power mm-hmm. and it's economic power. Yep. And we'll see how that's played out. So let's, let's, let's lay some foundational work. This is going to take some time to go over this, but I think it's, it's so important that we take the next several weeks uh, to, to, to reflect on this. All right. So we begin with the fallen human condition. And the fallen human condition, um, which is original sin, the doctrine of original sin, Adam and Eve uh, acted personally. We're not being punished for their personal choices of eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We are experiencing a condition created by their personal choice. So personal choices can be made that create a condition that affect the innocent, those who did not make that same choice, Mm -hmm. but now are experiencing a condition as a result of that choice. So original sin is a condition created upon which all humanity, it came upon all humanity, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we see that reality in every human person throughout history, all right? So it left us wounded, Mm -hmm. it left us broken, it left us dysfunctional, and dysfunctional meaning that we're not functioning the way we were designed to mm-hmm. by God. When God said at the end of creation, you know, it is very good, mm-hmm. all right, even after he created man, it meant that this being was not perfect, only God is perfect, but this being was perfect, complete in what it was designed to do. Yes. And the moment sin entered, all right, we became dysfunctional because we were no longer functioning the way we were designed to. There was now a conflict between the spirit and the flesh, all right? So we're wounded. Uh, the, the fallen condition left us broken, dysfunctional, disordered. So we, we don't subscribe to God's divine order. We push back against mm-hmm. it. And we're trying to legislate changes <laughs> in God's divine order, which is best for human society. It also left us limited to the power of our will without divine enablement. So, you know, the fall is a privation. Yes. All right? You've learned that. It's a privation. We, we became deprived of the holiness and justice of God. That which separated us, which made us different from every other species. All right? So the fall... Is, is a deprivation. It's it, we're, we're, we're privation, rather. All right? We're deprived of holiness and, and justice. So it begins to affect the way we think, the way we live, the way we apply, the way we love, the way we do everything. So it left us limited to the power of the will. Wait, you can't go us over it. It affects 
everything we do. Everything we do. Everything. We do. Everything. The yes. totality of the human experience. And and the the crazy thing is that there's still good in us. And it even it affects our pursuit to live a life that will please God. Absolutely. Everything. Absolutely. That's why I said, you know, our, our righteousness is this filthy rag. Yes. So there's nothing we could do in this condition, all right, that could satisfy the perfection of God. All nothing. Right. And that's nothing. why all roads can't lead to, to God. Yeah, that's one. why we need Jesus yeah, Christ. Only that's one. why he came. Yes. All right. So we become limited to the power of our will without divine enablement. That's why Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but mm-hmm. the flesh is weak. There is a conflict there, mm-hmm. all right? So if we are left weak, and, and what was Adam and Eve's reaction to the fall? They hid themselves. Mm-hmm. They were afraid. Fear and hiding took over. That is powerlessness, because when you feel powerful, you don't hide. Nope. There's no fear. You're out mm-hmm. there. You're feeling strong. You walk right? a certain way. And that, yeah, you carry yourself <laughs> you talk a certain, a certain way. way. Yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> but when you feel powerless, mm-hmm. you act differently, right? And we often feel this powerlessness to respond to the fallen world, mm-hmm. the fallen human existence. So the big issue of the fall is a loss of power. So if a loss of power, power to live right, power to live justly, power to live holy, power to love, you know, if it is a loss of power, what will be the number one thing that man would want? Power. Power. And throughout human history, it's been a struggle for power. And all relationships are a power play. Notice immediately after the fall, not right in the same chapter mm-hmm. three, what does God say? There's going to be a power play between the man and the woman. Mm-hmm. He says in, 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 in Genesis 3.16 that, that uh, concerning the woman, that her desire is going to be to rule her husband, mm-hmm. and he must lead her. He must provide the leadership and covering that, that rule, that, 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 that passion, the desire to challenge him, <laughs> all right, will be kept in place. So already there's a power dynamic Mm -hmm. in the marriage relationship, in human relationships. There's friction, father and son relationships. There's friction, (laughs) daughter and mother and father, every human relationship. There is a power dynamic that's involved. Do you think that stems from the original uh, cosmic sin of Satan trying to get power? Oh, yeah. It was power. Satan disagreed. Fundamentally, he questioned the justice of God in assigning that kind of power to this new human species. Mm. He, uh, he, he uh, resented and questioned the justice of God, all right, towards the incarnation. Because remember, the incarnation was planned before Adam sinned. Before Adam and Eve did that, there was already this plan that would work out. Mm-hmm. So Satan... Uh, we, uh, he, he resented, he, he questioned, and he caused Eve to question, did God really say, will you really die? Is God fair? Is Power. God just mm-hmm. in what he presents to you? Yep. So since then, we've been questioning the justice <laughs> of God, all right? So, so power is what it's all about, and that's, that's what the struggle is in human society on a daily basis. Issues between police and those they are policing. What is it a question? It's mm-hmm. a power play right there. The police officer having state authority, all right, state-given mm-hmm. power. Uh, the citizen having personal rights within mm-hmm. the, the society as a whole. And, and both 
interacting. And then when you bring into play issues of, of, of cultural superiority, uh, um, you know, racism, you know, all of this other stuff. Cultural misunderstanding. I, yeah, culturally induced mm-hmm. ignorance. I mean, mm-hmm. on and on and on. What is that? It's a power play. So power, uh, it, it affects and influences every aspect of our lives, every aspect of our existence. So what is power? All right, let's, let's give a definition. Let me go back to the board here. I think that's important. All right. What is power? Our working definition of power, because we're going to talk about political power. We're going to talk about economic power and how that works. All right. What is power? Simple definition. And look, there are whole books written about power. So I, I, it's not my objective to oversimplify. But remember, I, I said something last week. You weren't here. I said that theology is brought to the marketplace, not by me, yeah. not by mm-hmm. you, yeah. not by the intellectual, not by the theologian, but by the layperson. Yep. How the layperson lives out their faith that's where theology really hits mm-hmm. the marketplace. That's yep. where it heal, really hits the world. So my passion is to empower the layperson. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to speak in highfalutin terms that I lose y'all. No, I want to speak in terms that are pedestrian mm-hmm. so that you can take it and run with it and live it out on a daily basis. Very, very important. So when we think of power, we think of the ability to influence People, events, and outcomes. And we say, well, what about circumstances and situations? Those are events, believe me. (laughs) Events. So when we think of power, our working definition, when we think of power, we're thinking of what? The ability to influence people, events, and outcomes. And we think about, think about this word outcome. I cannot tell you how I've had to minister to people who have lost a loved one and somehow felt that they were connected to that loss. Had I been there? Had I done something different? Maybe if this, maybe if that. What are they trying to influence? An outcome. Mm -hmm. The outcome was the loss, the death of this person, this loved one. And you start thinking, and people wrestle through, but what are you really talking about? Power. The ability to what? Influence people, influence events, to influence outcome. And and this is this is big here, because if we could make people do what we want, (laughs) we think we'd be happy. But no, we'd have a terrible world. (laughs) It would be terrible. But we, I, look, people go to, to witchcraft and engage in these other things. What are they trying to do? Influence people, influence events, influence outcome. Tell me my future. Huh? Tell me my future. Yeah, tell me my future. Yeah, and, and they, they, want, they, they want to change pro- prophetic, all right, into fortune telling. Yep. All right, who am mm-hmm. I going to marry? Where am I going to be? What job am I going to what? Yeah, so power is about the ability to influence people, events, and outcomes. Why? Because we are subject to people. We are subject mm-hmm. to events. We are subject to outcomes that we can't control. The fall left us in a place where we could not control things. 
And, and when we look around, whether it's weather, <laughs> whether it's, 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 it's people, no matter what it is. So when we think of power, you know, and, and people say, well, what about spiritual power? All right. You know, that's okay. You know, but when we when, think about spiritual power, all right, even if we say we want spiritual power, I want to pray so, so I can see God work in my life. What, what, we have to be careful there. What are you really saying? Mm-hmm. You want power. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I don't want power. I, I just want the presence of God working in my life. Well, what is the presence of God? What did Jesus do with the presence of God? He healed people. He cast out devils, right? <clears throat> he exercised power. And one, when, when they were in the boat, they were so amazed at his power, his influence over the elements, that they, what kind of man, what manner of man is this? Mm-hmm. I love the King James language. <laughs> you know, what did they, what were they witnessing when he, when he turned the little boy's lunch into enough food to feed 5,000 people? They were witnessing power. You know, so he came with power. And we, even in our faith, Pentecostal and charismatic roots, all right, what is it about? It's about spiritual power. Yep. The question is always, to what end do you want that spiritual power? Do you want it to make you look spiritual so that people can admire you? Because then you want it for the sake of glory. Yep. You want to shine. <laughs> All right? You want people. people to see how you speak in tongues, how you prophesy, how you do this. Cast out demons. Yeah, yeah. you want to shine. Mm-hmm. You want, you, it really is, it, you want the glory of that power. See, and that's a dangerous yep. thing. You know, but, but it's true. Because even Jesus at the end of it said, all glory be to God. Yeah, always, mm-hmm. always. So th- thine is the kingdom. Yes. Thine is the power. Yes. Thine is the glory. Yes. You know, that's very, very important. So, but we want spiritual power because, he's, what did Jesus say? Behold, I give you power, authority, right? To influence spiritual things in that spiritual realm of, of reality. Uh, this is what he said in the book of Acts. He said, you will receive power. Yes after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses. Acts chapter 1, verses 7 through 8. And you shall be witnesses of me, mm-hmm. all right? Beginning in Jerusalem and then spreading out yes. to, the, to the rest of the world. So Christians were to receive divine power. And, 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 and understand, that spiritual power that Jesus was talking about, all right, because power is usually associated with, with organization. But this power was not political, the power that the Holy Spirit brought on the day of Pentecost, this is Pentecost Sunday, all right, that birthed the church, it was not political power, it was not economic power, it was not military power, it was spiritual power. However, <laughs> it would have social, political, and economic impact. Yes. So that's the reality. He, ga- he didn't give us political power, he gave us spiritual power that does have social, political, economic impact. That's real. You take faith. Faith is, is a spiritual force. Mm-hmm. It works in the realm of the invisible. What we see is the effects of faith, right? Yes. And the affects of faith. So faith is an invisible uh, spiritual force that manifests in the visible world. I'm trying to I was going to write that down. (laughs) Write that down. Faith. (laughs) Write that down. (laughs) Faith is an invisible spiritual force. So now we're talking about visible war, invisible Mm -hmm. war. There are are visible forces, which is physical, military might. There are invisible forces. Because when you see, and this is deep. This goes beyond it. When we say that, when we read in the scripture, there was war in heaven. All right. 
between Michael and, 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 and his angels and the devil and his angels. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. All right? Are they physically? They're spiritual <laughs> beings, mm-hmm. right? Are they physically at work or is there a different kind of war, a different way in which war is waged that we're not privy to? Yeah. We yeah. know how war is waged down here, you know, in the visible realm through military, all right, and force, all right? But how is war ra- waged in, in the spirit yeah. realm? And even Paul says the weapons of our warfare, mm-hmm. which is spiritual, are not carnal, but mighty through God. So, and we don't have all the understanding. Scripture doesn't reveal all the answers, doesn't give us all the answers to this. So we, we operate by faith. So think about it. Faith is a, again, it's an invisible yeah. spiritual force that manifests in the visible world. If you go to Mark, let's, let's take a look at Mark chapter 2. Let's go to Mark chapter 2. And it's, it's so good because when you look at it, if somebody's given a job, a task to do, they need to be empowered to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And so if God is putting certain demands on us as Christians to do it, he will empower us to do it. Right? And, and I think the, how we are empowered is based on the influence we will have. And when God gives us power, not for ourselves, mm-hmm. but for what he's called us to do. Yes. yes. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon mm-hmm. me because the Lord... Right? Yes. He has anointed me to do what? To yep. preach the gospel. gospel. To set captives free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a reason. And the power that God gives us is never for ourselves. It's for the people. It's for those that he wants us to minister to. He's empowering us to minister to. So in Mark chapter 2, verse 1, all right, when he, Jesus, returned to Capernaum, reading in the NRC, after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around there gathered around that there, so many gathered around that there was no longer room for them, not even front of, in front of the door. And he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man. This is interesting because he's at home, right? Mm-hmm. And even at home, he can't be peaceful. He can't be a peace. <laughs> people know that you've got power. And that's why people want the same power of Jesus. Right? You have no idea what you're asking for. Mm-mm. You know Mm-mm. how many sick people, how many people are in yeah. need their children, and if they know that you've got this special power, mm-hmm. they don't care. They yeah. will, like these guys, rip the roof off your house. Your own house, not, not somebody else's house. <laughs> I'm going to go this way. Imagine this you look up somebody's ripping your roof off. <laughs> when he returned to Capernaum, after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So at his house, on at the his sea, home, right? walking, no peace. So many gathered around that there was no longer room for them not even in front of the door. And he was speaking the word to them. As he converts his home, right, into, uh, and that's why, well, I won't go there. Then some people came bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them, all right? So his friends are carrying him. Mm-hmm. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, <laughs> And after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic. Now, this is a, this is a man's body, so this is not a small hole. No. <laughs> it has to be big enough for a stretcher to be lowered down through the roof into the presence of Jesus, right? So, uh, again, after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. Verse 5, critical. Remember? It's a spiritual force. Mm -hmm. When Jesus saw them lowering 
the mat upon which the paralytic lay. It doesn't say that. <laughs> it says, when Jesus saw their faith, mm -hmm. he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. He healed them. Mm -hmm. But what did he see? He saw their faith mm -hmm. to him and his ability to discern and to look into the realm of the spirit. He could see that force at work. Mm -hmm. And it was manifesting in how these individuals were acting on behalf of their friend. That's powerful. That's powerful. He, because he didn't, like most of us who's watching this as homeowners, see our roof get you know, ripped up. They're not seeing faith. <laughs> they're seeing bills. They're seeing exactly. who's going to repair this. Who's going to, you know, uh, why would these people do this? They saw, they saw everything else but faith. You know, that's what, that, that would have been our normal look on this situation. What he saw was their faith. Yes. So let me add additionally to the, the whole definition of faith. Faith moves people to act on something they believe to be true. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it again. Yep. Faith moves people to act on something they believe to be true. You will not act on it. You will not act in faith. You will not be moved by faith unless you believe it to be true. And this is why truth matters. matters. Come on, come on. <laughs> I'm a Christian because I believe the claims of Christianity are true. Yeah. yeah. That's, mm -hmm. that's why I'm a Christian. So these are... Two wars on two fronts. Mm -hmm. There are spiritual forces at work. Yep. There are invisible forces at work. There are visible forces at work, but two fronts. The visible war being played out on earth, the mm -hmm. stage of human history, right? That's a visible war. The invisible war being played out uh, behind the scenes <laughs> by unseen forces. And Paul says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality and power. And this is why it's so important to understand that Jesus was given authority over things in heaven, that invisible realm, things on earth, mm -hmm. the visible realm, and things under the yep. earth, which speaks of the, the dead, the realm mm -hmm. of the dead, those that have, that have. So even those who have died already are still under his authority. <laughs> oh. And their future lies with him because death is not the end of life. That's, that's, profound. He, he, that's profound. He's got it all covered. Yes. He's got it all covered. Yep. So the invisible war, again, is, is, is between, I'm sorry, the visible war is between the kingdoms of men, against, nation against nation, mm -hmm. kingdom against kingdom. Uh, and that's what Jesus talked about. The invisible war is between the kingdom of God and, as I said, the collective kingdoms of men influenced by the forces of darkness. Primarily their leader, mm -hmm. Satan, who is, is somewhat hidden in the Old Testament and not fully revealed in his antagonism against the kingdom of God. And when we think about the kingdom of God, please understand, we're not talking territory. Mm -hmm. We're not talking a realm. We're talking about a rule, yes. the rule of God in the earth. And we live out the kingdom when we live out, or should I say, we declare the kingdom of God is here when we live out the values of the kingdom. Mm. All right? Very, very important. Yes. We declare that the kingdom of God is when, here. When we, when we live out, out the, values the values of the kingdom. The kingdom. A value mm -hmm. is what's most important. Yes. You seek first the kingdom yes. and his righteousness. Mm -hmm. Right? What do you stand for? What are you willing to give your life for, die for? Right? So the authentic Christian life is the visible expression 
of the rule of God, rule of God in their life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's a tough thing. Mm-hmm. That's, that is when you're struggling, all right, to when you're caught between the, 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 the ideal of God's law and the reality of your own existence here in a fallen mm-hmm. world, and you're in a tension, that's not bad. That's good. It means that you're sensitized. If you weren't struggling and mm-hmm. you were just going one way, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, it is a tension. It is a struggle mm-hmm. to embrace what Jesus said, and then how do I live this out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a story that, that is told about um, that, that uh, a, a teacher, he's a sage, spiritual leader, uh, teaching his students. So he says to his students, he said, so you, you, you come on the sidewalk, and you find a wallet, and the wallet's filled with money. What do you do? So one student steps up, and he says, well, I would, I would take it, because my family at home probably needs the money. All right? So he's justifying taking the wallet. It's not yeah. me. It's my family. Yeah. Got it? <laughs> so so the, 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 the sage says, no, that's not the answer I'm looking for. The next student says, well... Uh, I, would, I would leave it there because, and, and this is on the Sabbath, by the way, so it's a Jewish sage, all right? He says, well, I won't pick it up because it's the Sabbath, and I don't want to violate the Sabbath, right? So the, 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 the rabbi says, that's not the answer I'm looking for. So the third student, he steps up, and he says, well, I would be conflicted. I, I wouldn't know whether I should pick it up or whether I should leave it there. I, I, I would be caught in this tension. The rabbi says, that's the answer I'm looking for. Because that's what spiritual life is really about. Mm. We are caught in a tension. Yep. You know, the, the good that we know to do. Paul mm-hmm. said, the good that I, yes. that I, that I want to do, From I don't seven, do. And the evil eight. that I don't mm-hmm. want to do, I, 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 I do. Yep. You know, and I, I find a law that when I would do good, evil is present. <laughs> and he says, who's going to deliver me from the body of this sin? And then you know, he says, he realized through Christ, the yes. Holy Spirit, the, yep. the, the enablement of God is what allows me to yes. now work through this tension. But the tension is what's real. Mm-hmm. So these people who claim to be at a spiritual level where they don't deal with the tension, <laughs> I pray for them, okay? Because they're in denial. There's, there, there are actually some studies that say tension is good. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it, even God creates tension mm-hmm. sometimes. When Jesus said, every branch in me that bears fruit, mm-hmm. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Every branch in me that bears fruit, I will prune it. I'll purge it. All right? That creates a tension. Mm-hmm. When you start cutting away stuff that's unproductive from someone's life, that creates a tension. Yep. That's real. So it's when we embrace the tension of the Christian life mm-hmm. that we really begin to live out the values of the kingdom. We, 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 we want power, and we're going to talk about political power, what that looks like. But I want to give a background, a quick overview, all right, of the invisible war. All right, that's important because it manifests in the visible realm. Okay. It's invisible, but it manifests in the visible realm. When I look around and see what's happening within society, I know that there are forces behind this that are influencing and shaping what's going on. All right? And why is that important? Teaching you how to think. Let me tell you why. All right? So I'm going to make a statement. Let me write a statement here. We hear so much now in our politically charged American society 
we the people. Mm -hmm. All right? Let me put that down here. We the people. And we get that from our founding document, mm -hmm. right? We the people. That's us. Because American democracy supposedly says that government is from the people. That's so far from the truth. <laughs> That's so far from the truth. And here's why. The voice of the people is not the mind of the people. I'll say it again. The voice, what people are saying, what the masses are saying, mm -hmm. is not coming from their own mind. It is coming from all of the influences yep. that they're exposed to that are telling them what to think mm -hmm. and how to think. There are these forces at work. Media is at work telling people what to think. And that's what they say. Special interest groups, political party associations, right? Your, your, your family upbringing, your attitudes, your values, all of these things are being shaped and influenced by all of these outside forces. So when we talk about, well, the people said, the people, what the people are saying is really not what the people themselves are thinking. Yep. So we have all of these influences that are coming at us. So not only is that true of these elements of media and everything else, all right, but there's spiritual forces behind that that are using these influences to shape the overall voice of the people. Politicians respond to what? The voice of the people. Mm -hmm. But is it really the mind of the people? No. no. It is whatever is influencing the way people think. And for the most part, because they don't take the time to read up nope. on and, and, and study the legislations at hand, the conflict that's at hand, what it means. All right. So this, this, is, this is so important. You got to understand that. When you talk about data, mm -hmm. right, how you interpret the data leads to knowledge. Uh, knowledge determines how you apply it. Yep. Not only are they giving you data, they, whoever they are, I'm going to t-shirt who is they. <laughs> Not only are they giving you data, but they're also interpreting the data for, for you, you yep. so that that could be your knowledge and determine how you apply it. Yeah. That's very, very important, folks. And when you're watching the, the news, all right, please understand that you're being influenced. No matter what news channel you're looking like, looking at, right, left, center, if there is such a center. And, and you see it because MTV years ago used to do this show called What Teens Want. And throughout the show, they're trying to get the kids to say what they want. And by the end of the show, you see the switch, subtle switch, where they start telling the teens what they want. So here it is, MTV, Corporate America, is doing this whole thing, making it seem like we're worried about the kids. Mm -hmm. And, they, mm -hmm. and they suddenly they turn mm -hmm. the conversation around and say, no, this is what you want. And they start influencing the minds of these kids. To start saying, yeah, that's what we want. And they really didn't think about if that's really what they want. That's and it. that is just shows that, and it, it got pulled off uh, they stopped doing it because people started complaining, and that's where the whole idea of brainwashing comes. You know that they say MTV was one of those brainwashing uh, organizations, but yeah, it came out of that. How many times in the Bible do we see Satan influencing someone to yep. do something? King David, yes, numbering the people mm -hmm. right after God told him not to. You have Ananias and Sapphira, yes. all right, who lied about the, the the property that they sold and how much they got for it, and they didn't mm -hmm. have to. 
These are the... Remember, he was a liar. Jesus yes. said Satan was a liar. Yep. So when someone engages in lying, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and we think of lying on an individual basis? No. <laughs> mass manipulation yes. by forces, yep. you know, such as mass media, public mm-hmm. officials. Yes. Because we look to them and we believe that, you know, they have our best interests. They know better than us. They know the facts. Mm-hmm. They know the idea. They won't trick us. So they'll tell us. And how many times do yes. they manipulate us? They'll, 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 right? One statement, and everybody has to say that one statement. Exactly. They keep repeating, they keep repeating it to inculcate into our mind and say, okay, yes, that's it. Over and over yep. again. Clergy. Mm-hmm. The reason why politicians come to the clergy and say, well, you know, we, we want you to say something about it. Because they know the influence that yes. clergy have on the minds of the people. Mm-hmm. You know, political associations, uh, special interest groups. You know, all of that. So, so, so the voice of the public, the voice of the people or the public is not the mind of the public. Um, a small portion takes the time to think and understand. When you go to vote, right, <laughs> there are names of people on there, all right, in different positions that you don't even know who they are. You never heard of them. Yep. And what do you do? You vote according to your political party. Well, the, I, I'm a Democrat, so I'm just going to, I, I know this person. I know yep. that is true. But the rest of these names, I don't know. I'll just, I'll just go down the line. Democratic line, boom, 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 boom. I'll go down the Republican line, boom, 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 boom. We are so shaped, in fact, and what is true in just in, in, in the world, secular world, is true spiritually. Yes. You have all of these voices. You've got to make sure that your understanding of God, the voice that, that you are voicing with regard to your spiritual beliefs are well-founded. You have to make sure. It does matter who your pastor is. Yes. It does matter who you sit under that's teaching mm-hmm. you. It does matter what church you go to. It does matter who you follow, what books you read. All of those mm-hmm. things matter because they are influencing and shaping you. That's why I always say, read two books and then make up your own mind. Yes. All right? You, you, you want to lose weight? Okay, read a few books. Yep. Don't just take one. Read a few books and see what they have in common. At least you know that that's safe. Self-discussion. All right? <laughs> that's safe. Yep. We've got to be smarter than that, believers. Yes. God's called us to be sharp. You he might. said we're in, we're, he, he's released us as what? Sheep in the midst of, of wolves. wolves. Mm-hmm. Be therefore wise as serpents. Serpent and harmless as duck. We're going to get into political power, economic power, Mm -hmm. invisible war, visible war. We're going to keep going with this. So thank you for being with us today. And I think we did a whole hour of teaching today, man. Wow. All of you complaining, you want two hours of teaching? You got an hour and 10 minutes today. You got some young individuals like, no, no, we don't. No, we don't want that. (laughs) Just give me a word. Grab and go. Yes. All right. (laughs) Let me grab. Box box my word. Here's a word. uh, Here's a phrase for today. Be mindful of who you follow, even on social media. Wow, that's right. So, so important. Well, let's wrap it up. Yes. Well, till next time. As we leave this place for another God's presence, Jesus, Jesus is, is Lord, period. period. We believe it, we, we proclaim, proclaim it, and we're, we're seeing it come, come to pass. God bless and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thanks for tuning in to the A.R. Bernard podcast. I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure, subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you and God bless.